Steam locomotives were some of the most powerful machines ever built. They pulled trains that fueled our imagination. They represented vision, collaboration, ingenuity, customer service, and extraordinary human achievement. But in order to get to their destination, it took someone guiding them through a series of switches in order to get to the main line. Just like leaders today, it takes someone directing them down the right path in order to get to their destination. Welcome to Mainline Executive Coaching ACT, which stands for and Cultural Transformation, hosted by Master Certified Intelligent Leadership Executive Coaches, Michael Bailey and Rich Barron. With over 50 years of successful cultural transformation and quantum leadership development between them. Once again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's show. All right, then here we are. We have an exciting podcast for you folks today. The reason it is so exciting is because of our guest. We have John Matone with us, an extraordinary man, an extraordinary career and pedigree when it comes to executive coaching. I mean, we go on and on here, just just kind of the top of the tip of the iceberg here. Author of nine nine books, four of them bestsellers. He's been awarded the the from the Global Guru Group, uh, the Global Executive Guy Coaching Guy three times in a, in a row. He's established this incredible this incredible coaching system called uh, Intelligent Leadership, um, and, and we want to get into that today. And we want to take a look at this whole thing about what is it the guy behind it. This is what part of what Rich and I do here. And so as a, as, a, as a leader, you surround yourself with the best people. And one of the best people I would, I would uh, invite you to invite is a great executive coach to work with you who can give you a perspective like nobody else can. Nobody else in your organization can do that, not only because of the talents that they bring, the, the, the experience that they have, the training that they have. But I'm going to tell you this. You don't have to take it from me. Just watch John. Just jo- watch John and see how he works and tell me that. This is not something special that he would bring to your organization and the people he is training, i.e. Rich and myself. So let's get started on that. John, would you give us your 60, you can give us your 60 minute elevator speech if you want to, my friend. (laughs) Michael, great, great, great uh, intro. Thank you so, so much. Rich, great honor to be with you as well. Uh, and thank you who's listening in um, and in uh, participating. <clears throat> so real quick, and obviously these, these two gentlemen know the background. It's been, uh, it's been a very interesting ride. I'll be 65 in September. Uh, long story short, you know, did graduate school, industrial psychology, did a PhD for about a year, went into the corporate world for a few years, launched my first business at age 30. Uh, primarily a speaking business, traveled the globe uh, for 10 years. My wife and I uh, raised four amazing uh, uh, children, uh, now adults. Uh, We have four grandchildren. Uh, To be very honest with you uh, all, the first business was really honestly not successful. I tried to make it successful. I wrote a couple books, uh, went back into the corporate world for 15 years, and Michael and Rich, uh, you both know that was pivotal for me, was to be able to go back into the corporate world and actually get grounded uh, and get humbled 
uh, and learn a heck of a lot in those 15 years. Uh, and it led to me relaunching my business uh, 10 years ago at 54 years old. And the last 10 years, I have literally been on a mission to uh, help leaders and future leaders get better, help organizations get better. I've written a bunch of books. Um, I take nothing for granted. Uh, I wake up every single day and I work hard, um, you know, uh, you know, building a philosophy, I guess, a process and tools that enable um, coaches uh, and, and our intelligent leadership family to go out and do great work and make a difference in the world. And uh, so that's a little bit about myself. I'm really most proud of my family. You know, um, we got four grandchildren and, you know, just love, just love all of that. Um, so there it is. I mean, that's, that's really who I am. Thank you. That's a great intro. Rich, let's start out with you. What kind of questions do you want to pitch now to John here to have him start helping under hearing those that are audience here to understand what's going on with executive coaching and why is this particular approach that John has put together here is so very extraordinary and unique. You know, I, I can tell you this, that, you know, working with John over the past, you know, seven months, honestly, has, has changed my entire outlook on the way corporations should function, how leaders should function. And, you know, really diving into the state of leadership today you know, leadership is an all-time high turnover. Uh, people, you know, employee retention is one of the bigger, biggest concerns out there. And, you know, for uh, even looking at, at the positions now are held by younger leaders. 44% of all, uh, all the leadership positions out there are held by millennials, with several of them stating that, you know, we haven't, they haven't got the, you know, leadership training or development they need. So, John, you know, my question to you would be is why why do you feel that executive coaching is so critical in, in today's business world? Rich, um, so, yeah, I think you've crystallized really a lot of the challenges. Uh, they are very multifaceted. Um, we're coming out of a pandemic, thank God. Uh, we're in this quote-unquote VUCA world, which is really, really putting pressure on human beings globally, um, uh, putting a premium on uh, mental resilience and being tough and agile, uh, being very nimble, the ability to handle change and lead change, you know, and as a leader, you've got to be able to do that. Uh, the ability to be nimble in learning and have a growth mindset I think the pandemic uh, and the convergence of all the disruption is causing, um, you know, leadership to be disrupted in and of itself and organizations. And, you know, it's interesting. we got all these uh, advanced technologies like, you know, AI and blockchain. And these are beautiful, beautiful advancements. And there are advancements out there we can't even visualize right now. And I know you guys are, are bought into this. I truly believe the antidote to all of this stuff is great leadership. Uh, we need great leadership. And we have a lot of good leaders out there, but we don't have enough great ones, honestly. Um, we have a lot of intelligence, you know, uh, in the business world. It's skewed distribution, guys. You know, it's very skewed. But when you look at leadership, the leadership curve lags intelligence. 
And that's where the work that, that we, we bring as executive coaches can, can get that leadership curve up to the intelligence curve. And that's going to make a difference. Um, Rich, I love what you said. Listen, you know, we got a lot of young talent out there, you know. Um, Michael, I know you've seen it. Rich, you've seen it. Our listeners have seen it. Here's the challenge. We got a lot of millennials in leadership roles. They have no idea what the heck, how to do it, you know. Uh, it's our responsibility to be able to embed in the future leaders and accelerate their development as leaders so that they can bring abundance, you know, to their work and their organizations in the world. We have a lot of entrepreneurs out there. Boston Consulting Group has done incredible research on this. You know, why do startups fail so much? You know, and everybody thinks, well, maybe the product was a miss, you know, or, you know, maybe the market wasn't receptive to the product. BCG research, you know what they say? No, it's it's the entrepreneur who doesn't know how to be a leader. That's the problem, you know. So um, there's a lot of ways to develop leaders. Um, and, and really, university programs are fantastic. And there's a lot of good things out there. It's been my experience that, though, the ability to drive leadership at a higher level um, is, is not so much a competency-based thing as more an inner core thing, you know. And if the inner core like self-image and thinking patterns, if those things are not optimized, it's very, very difficult to drive greatness in the outer core, you know, the inner core driving the outer core. From my standpoint, the greatest lever to moving leaders to a higher level is by partnering with an executive coach, you know, uh, and, and that's that's what I would say. So we have a massive need for executive coaching. And guess what? Here's the good news. You know, for anybody who's an executive coach and you do great work, the trajectory for you is massive as long as you do great work. You, you know, there's, there's so much of the talk when you talk about leadership. There's some things that they talk about and there's some things they don't. And you touched on one of those things that they don't talk on so much. Usually when we talk about leadership, it's this idea of the vision. What's, you know, a leader must have this sense of vision. Where are we going? That engages people, that excites people, that, that almost compels people to come and join in and just pursue this vision. Now, the other side of that is what you're talking about is that ability of that leader to engage people from the heart. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's something they don't talk about too much, this ability to connect. Not just excite, but to connect. Absolutely. It's a little bit more about, you know, developing that inner core allows the leader then to connect with his people. And then what happens because they develop that skill, that talent, that way to be with them? Michael, without question, um, listen, they, you know, uh, there's a lot of visionary people out there. Uh, they see the future. Um, you know, Elon Musk uh, is is a visionary, you know. Uh, Jeff Bezos uh, is still is still a visionary. Steve Jobs, perhaps one of the greatest visionaries in the world of business that we're, we're ever going to see. Um, but the skill of igniting energy in others, where people uh, get energized by the verbalization of what that vision means to them, is yet another world completely. So. Listen, just because you're a visionary does not necessarily make you a great leader. To your point, it is without question about getting people to truly believe um, 
and, and, and it, when you think about the, you know, I'm sure there's parents listening in. We all do this as parents with your, with your children, you know. You want your children to execute beautiful things in their life, but we also know that they're not going to do that unless they truly believe in the depths of their soul that they can execute, you know, what needs to be executed. And therein lies the, the really the magic, if you will, a great leader is getting people to believe that they can execute, they will execute. And guess what? Here's the ultimate one. They must execute because ultimately a great leader uh, does not put pressure on people. What they do is they create the belief that, you know something, uh, the journey of, of achieving the must is one that's ultimately going to be abundant. In other words, it's going to create beauty for everybody, you know, the company, the team, the individual. So I think you, you put your finger on an important thing here that um, it's heart, mind, and soul, you know, um, and if you if you look at the way the world is going, it's definitely very mechanical and it's very thinking oriented. I'm working right now with a top with a top criminal lawyer uh, in um, in the Mediterranean. Uh, this gentleman approached me. I can't name his name because if I say it, people are going to look him up and stuff like that. But here's one of the top criminal lawyers, probably ever. Okay, and he approached me because you know. He said, John, I'm not the best that I can be. And he runs a lot of different companies, too. And what I've learned about this, this gentleman is that his greatest decisions, and in fact, when he's in the court of law, um, it's less this when he's talking to the judge and the jury. It's more this. And that's why he's great. And I think great leadership you know, uh, is, is about the heart and having the courage to show your heart. And when we think about the pandemic, coming out of the pandemic, Michael and Rich, yeah, that's what people are looking for. You know, it's been a virtual world. People have been alone, right? They're looking for leaders to communicate, to connect, to be collaborative, to show care, to show concern. You know, those are a bunch of C's, I guess, right? Um, that's what's needed right here is the heart. We got, we got, we got to help leaders. And this is where coaches come in. We got to help leaders search their soul to find their heart because it does exist, and help them bring it out. That's what we got to do. That's how we're going to solve all the world's problems, guys. Right there. There's That's a lot to that, John. There really, really is. There really, really is. So I got another question for you. Let's. Help us understand the distinctions. There's a lot of organizations that have internal coaches, right? And and they're smart to make that kind of a move. I mean, they're right there, immediate. They know the culture, on and on and on. Why would someone say, this is great. We've got our own internal coaches, and we could really use an external coach or external coaches to augment what it is that we want to get done? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm 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 a big proponent of internal coaches. There are so many great coaches out there. You guys both know there's a lot of great coaches out there, and a lot of the internal coaches um, are very very talented, but can be stymied once they get to a certain level. You know, once they get up to that like that mid level, maybe just above that mid level, like senior director, VP, SVP, EVP, and CEO. 
what ends up happening is, um, you know, those those individuals who operate at those levels are very, very concerned about anonymity, objectivity, uh, and, uh, and, and really perspective from the external world. So I believe the external coach and the internal coach can really co- coexist very, very nicely. Um, and, and even from a philosophical standpoint, you know, uh, you know, intelligent leadership, executive coaching, you know, there's a certain philosophy process and tools, you know, that particular uh, system can coexist very, very nicely with many systems that are operating at lower levels, operationalized and executed by the internal coaches. So, yeah, there's no there's no problem with coexistence here. You know, I remember talking to a coach. He was the head coach of a very large bank. Yeah, yeah, he had a whole crew of coaches, and he was working with those upper C level. And we spoke for quite a while. A very, very qualified, very talented coach. Yep. Here, his heart was into it. He really, he was very proactive about how keeping himself educated, really on top. Very impressive guy. Yep. And I asked him, I said, so what is the one biggest challenge you have in terms of being a coach for this particular bank? And he said, I have an initiative that I want to get done with, with what's going on here but I just can't seem to get it going. I just am not sure how to approach it. I'm not, I'm just not sure how to go and present it and make it happen. And I said to him, and therein lies your weakness. Yeah. Yeah. Because that fear of what it is, they might say how they might perceive it. No question. You as a valuable person, that, that ability to not have that encumbrance, that weight of speaking truth to power, that's something that he carries with the with him. He can't get out of it because he's dependent. Right. Whereas an external coach doesn't have that kind of dependency. You know, those internal coaches are still employees of that company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They answer to their supervisors. You know, right. and a lot of people are afraid to really go in and and speak their mind. Yeah, you know, this is how it should be. You know, on that point, real quick, I just read a very interesting article. Uh, it actually came out in March, but it was it's entitled uh, The Six Biggest Fears of CEOs Today, okay? And reading through these, okay, you know, they're the fear of a risk of a bad economy. I get that. Um, fear of fading, fear of being an imposter, um, a few things like that. But one really struck a nerve with me, and it was the fear of not motivating employees. And that, that to me, speaks... If, if this is the, one of the, the six biggest fears of a CEO nowadays, that one really speaks to me of the real need for coaching, the, a, a true need for coaching, a fear of not being able to motivate your employees. And that right there says you don't really, you, you maybe you're, you don't understand the culture you have in place or you don't have one. Yeah. So, yes. And I would say that um, the ultimate determinant you know, and, and I discovered this, and I don't think anything's magical about this by, by any stretch. You know, when I wrote the book on culture in 2016, guys, it was pretty clear, you know, with uh, the research that I had done. And also I interviewed some really top CEOs, you know, that really nobody's heard of. I didn't want to interview the real, you know, the, 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 the rock star CEOs. I wanted to find out people who were running 
you know, some mid-sized companies who were just phenomenal, rich. In every instance, it was very, very clear that the culture in an organization comes, the CEO is largely responsible for the culture. And, you know, you want to create an innovative culture. Uh, If you want to create a coaching culture, for example, uh, a nimble culture, whatever, it's all going to it's all going to ignite uh, from the CEO. And when you talk about fear of not being able to motivate the team, that ultimately is just a sense of loss of control. And no question, an executive coach, a really good one can work with any CEO and find the multiple pathways to ignite passion, drive, motivation, zeal, whatever word that you want to use, just like just like sports, you know, it's incredible the parallel between athletic coaching, you know, and executive coaching that, you know, every single day I, I think about it, you know, you think about world-class athletes, some of the greatest at any sport, they're surrounded not by one coach, multiple coaches. Yep. Multiple. And I do see, guys, in the next 10 years that at a certain level, probably VP and above, every VP and above in the world of business will have an executive coach. That's what I say in the next 10 years because they can't become the best that they can be without having somebody partnered with them. It's going to be impossible. It's going to get too complicated. Interesting. That's fascinating. Interesting. You know, I you know I see these these podcasts that go on for three hours. We're not going to do that today, John. <laughs> but talking to you, I could see how we could actually have a three hour podcast. Oh, absolutely. So we'll set it up. We'll set it up, guys. <laughs> Thank you so very much for taking time out of your very busy schedule. It's really an honor for us, John. Thank you. My so honor. Much. Yeah. My honor. I've got one other question. I, I I'm dying to ask here before we before we before we sign off here. Now, John, I I know that you were Steve Jobs' coach. What what in your opinion? And I know he he actually sought you out later in his life. Uh, you know, which which speaks volumes about the need for coaching, even from a guy you know like Steve Jobs. Yeah. Tell tell me, you know, out of curiosity, in your opinion, what made him successful? What made him such an icon that we still admire and look up to today? There were, there were obviously a number of things. Um, one was um, uh, just a maniacal, just a maniacal approach to uh, changing the world. You know, in fact, that, that was his mission statement. His mission statement was, I was put on the, was put on the earth not to change the earth, I was put on the earth to change the world. Wow. That's just, so when you woke up every day, right, that's that. So that's massive, you know, uh, and also eloquent, very, very short um, mission statement um, that made him special. He uh, he also um, was uh, just not negotiable and he drove himself. And he drove his people. And literally the pursuit was, we are going to change the world, you know. Uh, and and he got better in time. You know, the first time he was at Apple, he was okay. He was young, you know. And then he, then he went away for 15 years and he got a lot better. 
And when he came back is when he really, you know, I think when he was 40, I think he was 40 when he came back in, in 1997, he was much more crystallized about things. He was a change agent. Um, and the thing about him was that um, he had regrets. You know, everybody knows it, you know, when he died. And he really, you know, when he verbalized to me that, and and, and it really, really hit me, you know, really hit me. And you know, here's a guy who's dying, pancreatic cancer, and he was not at the top of his game. But him sharing that, you know, the opportunity to do some of this work, if he had done it earlier, he would have been a better leader, better parent, better husband, you know, and that's always stuck with me. And those are messages that I share with leaders that I have a chance to work with that, listen, you know, uh, we can't wait until we're on our 50s. You know, we got, we got it. We got to get with executive coaches early, early on, you know, and help leaders navigate the complexity and get out in front of that complexity. So that's what I would say. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Rich, take us home. Wrap it All up. Right. Once again, we are at the end of our podcast. John, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Rich. And, Thank you. you know, if you have any comments, questions that you want to bring up, reach out to us, mbailey at intelligentleadershipec.com or rbaron at intelligentleadershipec.com or richbaron.intelligentleadershipec.com. And reach out to us, you know, and, and let's have a conversation. Let's talk about these things. So, and once again, I hope you enjoyed today and uh, take care. We'll see you next time and be safe. Thank you. Thank you all. With all of the issues facing leaders and organizations today, you need executive coaching more than ever. Go to our websites, richbaronexecutivecoaching.com or michaelbailey.com. You can also find us both on LinkedIn. Reach out to us and let's sit down and find out just how bright your future can be with executive coaching. We'd also like to thank all of our supporters in over 60 countries and 600 cities worldwide who have helped to make us one of the top executive coaching podcasts in the world. From Rich Barron and Michael Bailey, this is Mainline Executive Coaching ACT. Thank you and take care.